the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's all about conditioning. Like a bodybuilder who's constantly conditioning, so too, we need the spiritual side. If a bodybuilder is to walk away from their weights for even just a couple of weeks, you begin to notice physically how his body starts to flab out. It's that constant conditioning that keeps him in peak performance. Well, in much the same way, you and I, spiritually speaking, need that same kind of conditioning in our faith. And that's what we're looking at here today on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. Join us, won't you? We're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 as we understand the conditioning of our faith. Once again, here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. Most people will not just give up their relationship with God. I love Jesus. I'm not going to do that. But what the enemy can do in certain areas of our lives, get us to compromise with our stance or conviction around areas that pertain to the faith. Can I have an amen here today? And so we compromise in these areas, not realizing that, wait a minute, I'm not believing God in that area like I used to believe God in that area. I'm not believing God. And then the next thing you know, we go down this road. But I love Apostle Paul. He sent Timothy there to establish individuals in their faith. And he said, not only do you establish them, but look at verse 2. He says, and encourage you concerning your faith. This word encourage here, it means to aid it means to help. It means to comfort. And I like this. It means to beseech, to plead, to beg, to exhort with strong force. Okay? So when Timothy comes on the scene, he's coming to encourage them. He's also coming to establish them in their faith. And there's times in our lives where we need to be encouraged in our faith. The enemy will put pressure on you. He'll try to convince you. He'll send other voices to try to speak. And people need people around them that can come along and encourage individuals in their faith to aid them, to help them, to beseech them with strong force. Okay? Now, undoubtedly, the tools, and you're going to hear these tools often in this church, the tools that, that Timothy used, obviously, undoubtedly, to establish and encourage these people in their faith was number one, had to be the Word of God. If I'm going to be established and encouraged in my faith, I need biblical references. I need biblical references. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The, the Word of God. So what happens is, it's okay for me to share my testimony, how God brought me out. That's a blessing that can be good. But we also need to turn to biblical references because God is going to move upon his word. Amen. And so to establish somebody in the faith, to encourage somebody in the faith, we have to make sure that we're preaching and teaching the word of God and using the Bible as a tool 
and as a point of reference for why we believe, even in certain areas. I'm tired of people saying, well, I think. Well, my opinion is, well, let's just agree to disagree. No, we need something as a rule of, of, of authority that gives us the right to stand up and say, thus says, this is right. I mean, there is truth in the land, amen? And so we have to reference the Word of God. Okay? So don't argue. I mean, we have to learn, even, even in the areas that I said, in concerning relationships or things that God may ask you to do. I mean, praise God. If God says, don't do this or do this, whatever it is, we have a biblical reference. There's no need to argue. Well, I don't see it that way. Well, then you need to get some glasses. Because if it said, don't fornicate, that, I mean, how? It doesn't, in Greek, Hebrew? Well, I don't see it that way, Brother Kaufman. I mean, don't fornicate. How else do you want God to say it? I mean, saints, we, we get to a place. What we need to just tell people is, you know, I feel like doing what I want to do, and I don't want you telling me not to do what I want to do, and then I'll deal with God on the back end of me doing what I want to do. Well, then praise the Lord. That's between you and God, but, but my, your blood is not on my hands because I told you. See, this is the mindset we got to have. But what happens is, saints, we don't use the Word of God. We have to use the Word of God if we're going to establish people and encourage them concerning their faith. Number two, undoubtedly, Apostle, uh, Timothy, Apostle Tim, Timothy, he used prayer. You know, when it comes to life, we can establish people, we can encourage people in their faith by also praying for people. Every single person in this room, you need intercession in your life. You know, the Bible says that Jesus, he forever lives to make intercession for you. And it's our job as, as saints of God to pray for one another because sometimes the devil comes in and he will attack you in the faith realm. Amen? And we have to be willing to pray. This is important for all of us that we have people that are in our lives that are going to give us the word, but they're also going to pray for us. That prayer is a very big part of what they're doing to minister to us. And you see through Apostle Paul's writings and through Timothy's lifestyle that this is something they did. You read the book of Acts. They prayed for people. They went out. They gave their lives to sacrifice to help individuals, to establish them and encourage them in the faith. The third thing I want to share with you that we can use to establish and encourage people in their faith is, is we have to come to people by way of reminder. Somebody say reminder. Now, this is important because sometimes, and I know this as a pastor, you know, I've heard so much preaching in my life, have read so much in my, in my life. One of the things that I hope that I never do is become so common with, with God's word that I'm not willing to listen to something that I've already heard before. See, all of us in life, we need to be reminded. You know, and it's good sometimes to have people tell you something that you already knew just to remind you again, so don't you don't forget what you already knew. It's good. It's good to have people to come alongside and say, you know, let me remind you about this. To remind the people of God of who you are in God, what God is doing in your life, how he's established you, what you, you know, sometimes we can forget what God has already done in our lives, and we need to be reminded. 
You know, the enemy can blind all of us to the great things that God has done. And we get on a little island and think, man, the Lord, is he's, he's left me and he didn't do this and that. And we come alongside and say, well, remember what God did for you last time? Remember how he brought you out of that situation? Remember how you was crying last night and you said you quit and you weren't going to come back no more and you wasn't going and you wasn't my friend. And then all of a sudden God changed it around. Now you about me and now you're here again. Now you don't want to talk. about. Yeah, come, can I remind you? This needs to happen in life sometimes. Sometimes we can forget. We, we need to start writing things down. So we can go back and say, well, remember what God did. And then even through your Bible, saints, listen, take your Bible and mark it up. Mark it up. If you're reading your Bible at my house, see this is this is this isn't my this isn't in my Bible. This is my this is my this is my kitty Bible. My big Bible is at the house. That's my big boy Bible. <laughs> see everybody gotta have a kitty Bible. You know, this is the one I can put in my pocket, you know, preach with. My wife, I got my big boy Bible at home. I got my big boy Bible. I got my big boy. My big boy about that thick. That's the one that I keep all my revelations in. You know what I'm talking about. When you're sitting there and you're reading your Bible, and then all of a sudden something just jump off the page, and you got to just highlight it or scribble on it, and God starts prophesying to you, speaking to you, and you start writing, and then nobody else can really read it but you, because you only want to know. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? Nobody else can understand the chicken scratch, but you know what God said to you 10 years ago when you were sitting on your couch reading. Can I have an amen in here? Everybody needs that. And we need to be reminded of stuff that God said to us so that our faith doesn't become weak or void or become shipwreck or vain. We need stuff like that, but we need to be reminded we need reminders. The fourth thing is fellowship. Write down the word fellowship. You know, faith begets faith. If you want to have faith, get around some people that have faith, that are speaking faith. You know, Apostle Paul, I love this. He sent Timothy there. He sent there. He sent them there to establish them and encourage them in, our, in their faith. And for all of us, we need fellowship. We need to get around people that get into our situation and into our lives and help to establish us and encourage us concerning our faith. Not just so we can have lunch, so we can hang out, but people that are going to look at us when they hear us talking and sense that our faith is weak, that our faith is is becoming void or it's lacking or it's shipwrecked. We need people that are going to get around us and say, no, 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 I'm not going to let you allow doubt to creep into your heart to stop you from doing what God is asking you to do and what God wants to perform in your life. We need people like that that are going to shake us out of our, our, you know, our times in our lives where we feel like we're kind of running on empty. It's good to have people around you that aren't going to let you sit in your state. And let me say this to you, saints. Let them do their job in your life. Can I have an amen? Stop getting so defensive and, and, and taking it personal and, and in some cases becoming, you know, bitter and angry at people just because they told you what you needed to hear. Man, you're getting weak in your faith. I can sense it. What happened? You used to believe God. 
Yeah, I still believe. I'm just wiser now. The devil is a lie. The devil is a lie. Don't try to use that. I'm wiser now. So, no, no. You used to be radical in your faith. You believe God. Whatever God told you, you do it. You trusted him. You believed. You had a firm conviction and persuaded. You were persuaded. Somebody asked you to go out to the club. You wasn't going to no club. Now you're praying about it. The devil is a lie. I need to pray about it. No, you don't need to pray about everything. Some things you don't need to pray about. Can I have an amen? We, try to, we throw that away. I need to pray about it. Well, I need to stop doing this. No, just stop. You know that's not right. We, we, got, we need people around us that will tell us. Can I have an amen here? I mean, can I preach this this afternoon? I mean, because it's true. We, we do that. We, we try to throw the prayer tag on everything just to give us enough time to think about whether we want to be obedient or not. Wow, wow. But this is what happens, saints. And we have to get it in our minds and get it fixed in our heart that we have people around us and we allow them to, to correct us and check us sometimes. Man, where's your faith going? You're not thinking right. Something's wrong. Where's your faith? Do you believe God? Do you believe God? I don't know if my children, I, I, I tried everything. I just, I'm just going to leave them. I don't know. I'm just, you know, God's going to have to do. I don't know. No, do you believe God for your kids to be saved? Let's believe God. Let's believe God. Amen? Amen. Not, only, not only fellowship, but I, I, I wrote this, and I put it in parentheses, I, 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 and, I, and I kind of talked about this a little bit, but I want to, I, I want to, just follow me here because the, the corrective aspect of your fellowship is so important. I want to reiterate this, saints. Don't just get around people that are going to tell you what you want to hear. Find some people in your life that love you enough to correct you in love, that are going to look you in the eyeball. Allow that in your life. People get so offended because they do not understand what true biblical agape is all about. And we need to have people around us that love us enough that they're going to correct us and say, That's not, I'm not in agreement with that. Allow that. Okay? But on the flip side of that, we also need people in our lives that are, through our fellowship with them, are, are going to put down the rod sometimes. Okay? Because I'm not going to fellowship with you if only thing you want to talk about is everything you see wrong in my life every single time, would you give me a break, one meal? Can we just eat a sandwich and you're not talking about all the revelation and dreams you had about me last night? I <laughs> gotta have an amen. Let me come up for air. <laughs> because that happens. You know, you get around people and we, we, people give us license in their lives. And the only thing we can see is everything wrong. I know I got some good things going on in my life. Can we talk about those two? Can I have an amen? Well, this is what happens. We have to learn that in fellowship, this is how we're going to establish people. We're going to encourage them. We're going to aid them, help them, comfort them. We're going to beseech them strongly with force to get people to go in a certain direction in their faith, but we have to have balance. Somebody say balance. 
we have to have balance. Apostle Paul said that he sent Timothy to encourage and to strengthen them concerning their faith. But the next two verses are the wise. He says in verse 3, that no one should be shaken by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. He says, for in fact, we told you before when we were with you that we would suffer tribulation just as it happened. He says, and you know, I love this about Apostle Paul's ministry. He was very clear that there are going to be times when you're going to go through things. And I know there are certain branches of uh, Christianity, individuals, that they, they don't want to talk about anything that could ever negatively happen in a person's life. Well, it's just not the Bible. I mean, I just read the verses, what he said. He said, he said, you're appointed to this. There's going to be times in your life. And he tells them not to be shaken by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. You know, part of the re- part of the reason why people do get shaken sometimes in their faith or it becomes weak or void or lacking or it stops growing or becomes shipwrecked is because sometimes from the pulpit. Preachers will make false promises concerning what God is going to do in people's lives. So there's no expectation that, hey, this this is stuff that could happen. I mean, you know, praise God, I'm not praying for it to happen, but I, I know this. This is what he's saying. He says, as as you yourselves know that we were appointed to this. He said, you knew this. Well, we told you guys. Sometimes you're going to have tribulation that's, that comes as a result of your right relationship with God. He says, just don't be shaken. But sometimes people get shaken. He's telling this church this because he needs trying to encourage them and get them to see the condition of their faith. Why? Because sometimes people get shaken. And when you're shaken, how are you going to respond? Because there's no use saying we have faith when everything's going right. You don't show that you have faith until you get shaken a little bit in your life. This is how you know I really have faith. I believe God. Well, I love this ministry because Apostle Paul is clearly saying here, he says, you knew about this. You knew we told you that this was, you were appointed to this. This is going to happen. But don't allow your faith to be shaken. Some of you in this room, you've been through all kinds of stuff. I know some of your testimony. Don't be shaken. Don't you be shaken. God is still with you. He's still walking with you. He's still by your side. He'll see you through it, amen? He'll walk with you through it. He'll talk with you through it. Sometimes we go through shaking, times when we're shaking, but how do we respond? This is why he's telling him them this. And this is why he sent Timothy to know their faith. Because in the midst of being shaken, his question was, not how much money did you have in the bank, not how popular are you, Not how many people are coming to your services. Not how clean you look. Not how, you know, uh, all the things you always, all the phylactery. He says, I want to know your faith. What is your faith like? Do you still have your firm conviction? Are you fully persuaded? Do you believe God? Do you trust God? This is what he's saying. And then look at verse 4. He says, in fact, for in fact, we told you before when we were with you, that, that we would suffer tribulation just as it happened. And he says it again, and you know, and you know, I can't promise you that everything's going to always go right on your job. That you're going to always get the big promotion. 
I can't promise you that, but I promise you that, that God will make a way when there is no way and that God will open a door that no man can shut and that God will walk you through any storm you go through in your life and that God is going to be there no matter, can I have an amen? Say, I can promise you, I can promise you that. I, I can promise you that. But what happens is we have to get in our minds that I can't promise you. I can't promise you that everything in your marriage is going to be perfect for the rest of your life. Can't promise you that. I can't promise you that, that your kids are going to go off and every one of them is going to do everything perfectly right. And you're never going to have problems ever with your children. Can't promise you that. I promise you that Jesus Christ is going to walk with you. If something does come up, that he's going to give you the wisdom to handle it and make sure it's taken care of. And that he's going to see you through it. He's going to be right there. The Holy Ghost is going to be ministering to you, speaking right into your ear every single day. Giving you the courage and the strength that you need to make it through any storm that you go through in your life. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you that. I, I can pick up this word and tell you that. See, but what happens is for, for some... They don't know how to navigate through the storm. But I thank God that he's telling us here and he's giving them the why. Why is he concerned about their faith? And then look at verse 5. He says, for this reason, when I could no longer endure it, he says, I sent to know, he says, your faith. I sent to know your faith. He says, lest by some means, now watch this, the tempter had tempted you and our labor might be in vain. I, lo I love this. He sent a Timothy to know their faith. Why? Because the tempter was on the prowl. The tempter's on the prowl. You know, this is the same person that said that he had fought the good fight of faith. And sometimes you got to fight the good fight of faith. You have to go down swinging when it comes to your faith. Can I have an amen? Sometimes you got to roll up your sleeves and say, devil, okay, it's going down. But the Bible says that if I resist you, that you will flee from me. Can I have an amen? we got to learn to do this as saints. I mean, we've, we're raising some of the most cowardly saints I've ever met and met in my life. One thing happened. I quit. I quit. I want Jack Daniels back. <laughs> Jack Daniels didn't die for you. Can I have an amen? He didn't go to the cross for you. Jesus died for you. You better hold on to Jesus. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen in this church? What happens is one little thing happens. I need something to calm my nerves. Well, if the Holy Ghost can't calm your nerves, then we got, you got a problem, baby. You better dig into God and say, Holy Ghost, help me. Say, this is what happens. I mean, but, but, but listen, I love this because what happens here is when these individuals were strengthening their faith, he said he went to know their faith because the tempter is always going to try you. Apostle Paul said, I fought the good fight. I fought with the faith. I fought for my faith. He said, I kept the faith. I finished the course. He said, I kept the faith. At the end of the day, saints, hold on to your faith. Hold on to it. Keep believing in God. Don't let the devil change your mind concerning God and his promises for your life. Don't you allow him to rob you, to get you to a place where your faith is vain and is void and is weak and is shipwrecked and is lacking. This is what happens. People believe God. They have, oh, yeah, God is good. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know God. But do you trust him? Do you believe him? Is your faith growing? Is your faith getting stronger? Whew, I'm just feeling this right now. Is your faith to a place where it's genuine? It's real. I believe God. Is it sound? Is it pure? Is it whole? Is your faith, is your faith rich? That now not only is my faith affecting me, but it's affecting people that get around me. That you can't get around me and can't get more faith in your life. Because I got faith that's spewing out of my belly. It's, it's flowing from my mind and my heart. And my, and that, that your faith just begins to bless other people in their lives. Since this is what God is looking for in our lives. And at the end of the day, we have to ask ourselves, what truly is the condition of my life? A production of the Well Christian Community, this has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. Now, there are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925 925- Two nine two seventy eight hundred. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community, twenty three thirty three Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California. The zip code nine four five five one. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding.